Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Iris again. We've got a nice sunny day here in the UK. We're, we're making the best most of our summer this year, and it's been quite brilliant. We get very, very short summer times, uh, very long winter times. So it'd be nice to, uh, it's really nice to be out in the sun when you can be. So today we've got We've flipped over to Ireland again. We took a balloon ride this time, you know, just want to enjoy the thermals in the sky. We don't want to miss any of that sun. We'll just sail right under it. And to pick up in Northern Ireland with our man on the ground, ground out there, Pastor Hugh. Hi, Hugh. Hugh. How are you doing? Hello, Iris. I'm doing very well, thank you. And it seems to me that Ireland's getting closer and closer uh, to the, the home base there. In your studio yeah i think it is it, i think it is we might just have one lifeline soon right for me <laughs> like a kite yeah <laughs> anyway i'm just going to turn over to you hugh because i know that you've got you're going to continue um teaching there <clears throat> and on and on the note of teaching um uh, you know the, the the requests that have been coming in um, have been quite amazing. They haven't stopped coming in since the graduation, actually. So that's good news. You you are being heard. Oh, oh, I see. It's about this one, is it? I know you've got so many people on your radio station. I I felt I was I was out there in a circumference. Ah. No, it was it was actually the people that have been on the radio station, um, and doing doing the the actual course, you know, the broadcast. Very good. Yeah, well, good. you know, I, I've just got one commitment, in the rest of my life. I mean, I have served the Lord for nearly sixty years, but what time there is left? And with this pandemic that hit the world, a lot of things have gone online, and uh, I'm committed. I believe by the Lord, just what he said to Jeremiah, I believe he has, he has repeated it in some sense to me, and he just said, speak my word. That's right. What, what is the, what is a chaff to the wheat? That's and right. my word is like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. So God's word is what the most important thing is, and that's my my commitment and my dedication as far as I can go with the Lord. In this service so thank you very much nice kind words but let's get on into the scriptures and let's get on into the word because the word of god brings life brings liberty brings freedom it brings certainty it brings blessing it brings everything that's good from god the word of god and we are today and we're trusting the lord to help us as we meet together over the airwaves we are in the book of hebrews we have just finished off chapter 4, which showed to us at the end of that that God had dealt um, wonderfully with Israel, but Israel had failed and fallen in the wilderness because of their sin, and God had brought judgment. And now we were told in the, in the Hebrews 4 that we have to be sure that we don't follow their way or their example, and that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So in other words, God is always watching. He's always around. He knows exactly what's going on with nations, with groups of people, and especially with individuals. So we must not think that God does not know 
what we're doing. He's very aware of what we're doing and his grace and his mercy keeps us and preserves us under at times most trying, testing circumstances. Now here, uh, and also that in verse 13 of the last chapter of four, chapter four there that we're in, that it says that God sees everything that's going on. Now, in such in such a situation that, that there is such a powerful, mighty God leading us and guiding us and watching over us, and we don't want to fall after the example of Israel of old, God sets in something good to help us. And he says, uh, seeing we have a great high priest, he brings into the picture and into the scenario the terminology of a great high priest that has passed into the heavens. That's Jesus, the Son of God. Let us fold fast our profession. So God has brought in the understanding and the idea of a high priest for us as the people of God in the New Covenant, in the New Testament. And I thank God for that wonderful, wonderful message of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, that he is our profession, and that we will hold on to him as he holds on to us and looks after us. We have a high priest who cannot, which cannot be touched by priest which cannot be touched with the fear. We're not like a priest that cannot be touched, but was in all points. He was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Therefore, he says, let's come boldly onto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we have a great high priest. His name is Jesus, Yeshua. He is the son of God. He is exalted to the right hand of God. He is in heaven for us and we can enter into the throne room of God and ask grace and help and find mercy. We can get help from God. We're never left alone and so he's with us. So now the spirit of God is carrying on with us and wants to give us some understanding what it means to be a high priest. So verse one of chapter five, and we just trust the Lord lead us through this. It says for every high priest, taken from among men, is ordained for men in things pertaining to God. I must also point out that when we're speaking about priests and high priests here, we're speaking in the context of Israel of old, that nation that God raised up. He chose a priesthood, a Levitical priesthood, a nation of priests within that 12 tribes, and he also chose a family of Aaron as the high priest. So that's how God structured the priesthood in the Old Testament. But of course, we know today that in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, every child of God that is truly born again, following and serving the Lord, has been ordained as a priest. Ordained means that you've been chosen and set in place who work in fellowship with God. So this high priest of the old order was taken and ordained and chosen by God and things pertaining to God. What was he to do? It says that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. So the aspect was for sins. He was to stand in to God between the people and give gifts 
and sacrifices because of their sin and because of sins in their life. Who can have compassion on the ignorant. So he's a man who God expects to have some compassion towards the people that he's standing in for. So that's the high priest in the most holy place and in the holy place of God. He was to have compassion, a compassionate person on the ignorant. Not everybody knows a lot always about the things of God. So some of them and most of them at times can be ignorant and they need to be brought into an understanding of God's ways, God's word and God's will. Ignorant on them that are out of the way. You see, a lot of us are out of the way. We don't even realize it or know it. So we need somebody to help us get into the way. Now, we're in the new way. That's the way of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But God has a way for us. There is a way back to God from the dark paths of sin, says one of the hymnists. So that's what the high priest is for. He's in between God and the people. And God's expecting him to show compassion. But we have all got a priesthood before God. And He and likewise is letting us have intercession with him through our Lord Jesus Christ. For he himself also, now he's talking about the high priest that was in Israel of old, that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. So this priest was a broken man. Nevertheless, he was a high priest. But he was a broken man like all the other people that had fallen and failed God because of sin in their life. So he's coming into the presence of God with gifts and sacrifices to show that, Lord, this is the way. Help us out in this need of our sins. By, and by reason thereof, verse 3, and by reason hereof, he ought, as for the people, so also for himself. So he was in such a need not only for the stand and the gap for the people, but he also had that need in himself. So he was not uh, exempt from the need to be forgiven and uh, find justification in the presence of God. And that's the, that's the system, that's the story that existed in Israel of old. And by reason hereof, because he had this infirmity, he ought us for the people, so also for himself, to offer for sins. So he was in a place that he could speak for God to the people and speak to God for the people, which also includes for himself. So he was needing, as they were needing, this mercy and this grace from God to help them with the forgiveness and the cleansing of their sins. Now, verse 4 says something very important, and we need to take note of this verse. God's telling us, and no man, no man taketh this honor of being a high priest unto himself. There is nobody, as far as God is concerned, can just decide themselves, well, I want to be a priest, or I want to be a high priest. I'm talking about in Israel of old. But the whole situation was set up by God Almighty, by his choice and his choosing, that he set apart that nation of Levi for priests and the nation of Aaron, his family, for 
the high priesthood. But he says here, no man taketh this honour, and it is an honour for God to call you and God to set you as a priest before him. And in the New Covenant Testament, brothers and sisters, we should count it an honour that our God has called us out of darkness in his most marvellous light, and he has called us to be a nation of priests. Every believer is a priesthood. There is no difference in the believers. Everyone is a priest and has found salvation, of course, in our Lord Jesus. But let's just stay focused on what the scripture is saying here, what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us. But he that, and no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So that's a very clear in the scriptures that God called Aaron into the office of being a high priest. So that was a choice that God made. So now verse 4 is even more important uh, truth in chapter verse is to us that so also as God called Aaron to honour him as a great high priest in the nation of Israel and it was strictly a high, high honour and there was one occasion just in passing, I was reading it recently, where Aaron and Moses' authority and position was challenged by a number of priests who thought that they felt that they were as important as Moses and Aaron. And it was a sort of a, a rebellion within the nation. And, you know, it was so serious in the eyes of God. He opened up the earth and they were swallowed says the word of God, alive, alive into Gehenna. That's hell or the pit as it is known. So it's an important aspect to understand about God when he chooses, God when he acts, and God when he sets in place. So God in the Old Testament and the nation of Israel had chosen Aaron. And it says here that so also, I want you to remember that these scriptures were written at a time when the old dispensation was coming to an end because of sin and failure in Israel, and God's judgment was about to fall upon that nation. But so that's why we have to look and understand we're looking at something in a national uh, Israel context before God, but yet God is introducing. This is the most important thing of all that God is introducing a new high priest. Here it is. Let's look into it now. Verse 5. Now the focus changes from Aaron, so also Christ. You see, God wants to glorify one person above every other person will ever be born on the face of this earth. It doesn't matter who they are, whether they were in the family of the high priests of Israel whether they were in the family of the prophets of Israel, whether they were in the family of the priesthood of Israel, Aaron and Levi. So God is focused on one person. Let's get this very clear. God is focused on one person, and that is the Lord Jesus. So it says in verse 5, I cannot emphasize this enough. So also Christ glorified not himself, as Aaron didn't set himself in the place of high priest, we're now told that Christ 
that's Christ Jesus our Lord, glorified not himself to be made a high priest. Jesus, though he is the Son of God, though he is God Almighty in the flesh, and there's so much truth to come out of this book of Hebrews to us, if God will release it and give us an ability to speak it, that it will really bless us out, as, as they say, out of our socks. That's if you're wearing socks. When the summer comes, you don't wear socks. <laughs> but that's the way it is. God wants to glorify his son. and We can be blessed by the knowledge of his son. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. God's in the business with his word to set his people free. And I believe in these last and final closing days of time that God is going to be speaking into the hearts of the body of Christ throughout the global world. And his purpose is to set his people free spiritually in the light of his truth and of his word and prepare them for that great day when he sends Jesus back and he calls his people with a new body physically. So the spiritual of God that has been brought to completion is going to meet with the physical completion of the great first resurrection of the bodies of every saint that has lived and God has called and is now with him either in heaven or upon this earth. And that's a wonderful uh, future hope and reality that God has set in place for us. But here we're focused on understanding that Christ glorified not himself to be being a high priest. My heart goes out to the Lord Jesus because he took upon us, on himself, our humanity and our human flesh. He had a lot to put up with, with being surrounded with people like ourselves, broken people, broken individuals. He had a lot to put up with, but yet he was obedient and he followed through. But here, this is the high priesthood that God is telling us about. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest. It wasn't Jesus striving and stressing to get into a gifting and a calling. No. He submitted himself to the total will of his father as he was born and brought up in human flesh. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest. But I like the buts of God. This is God saying, the Holy Spirit saying, but, but he that said unto him, who's he? He is the living eternal father in heaven. That's the God who promised and made this statement. But he, but he that said unto him, that's Yeshua, Jesus, his son. Listen to this prophetic word spoken 500 plus years before Jesus came into this world through that womb of that young virgin Mary. God said this, spoke this word in the prophetic word in Psalm 2. But he that said unto him, thou art my son. That so far long before he came onto the earth, God spoke from heaven prophetically and sealed it in the Holy Scriptures. Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. You see, when Jesus, the eternal son of God, humbled himself and became as one of us, God 
took it upon himself that he would be honored, that he would be exalted, that he would be separated from all humanity, that he would be somebody special as the Son of God. And that's the whole mystery of the gospel today. What are you thinking, brothers and sisters and friends, as you hear this word? Have you put Jesus up where he belongs in your mind and in your heart? Have you given Jesus, Yeshua, that first place where God has placed him? Let me say that if you put your hopes on any other man or woman in this world, no matter who they come from or where they come from or what they say or what they look like, you will fail. They will fail you. They will disappoint you and you will be let down. But here's a man that can never fail, a man that has stood the test, a man who showed himself to be the absolute and total son of the living God. And that's why he can be our saviour. That's why he is our saviour and our Lord. So the Lord God Almighty said to him, so also uh, thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. God begotten Jesus in flesh, his only begotten. He's only got one son, and he has begotten him in human flesh. As he saith also, uh, here's another reinforcement of another scripture. As he, God Almighty, great Jehovah, Father in heaven, as he saith also in another place. That's another scripture, which is in Psalm 110, verse 4. As he saith also in another place. I like the way God re-emphasizes through his word, upon his word. And Jesus did the same thing. Jesus quoted the scriptures to the Pharisees. They were out of the will of God. They had reduced, they had introduced their own traditions. They had brought God's people into a bondage. And Jesus quoted. And even Satan came at Jesus. Satan came at Jesus, thought, well, I'll use the last thing I have. I'll twist the scriptures a bit. And he started to quote the scriptures to Jesus. But the scriptures in wholeness and in truth is what is the truth that sets us free, that blesses us and gives us life. No one has seen the Lord physically except a few special people, as far as I know. He doesn't go around giving uh, visions and revelations of himself. He does inspire people, perhaps even have a, a dream or a vision or something. But generally speaking, this full revelation of the Lord Jesus is something unique. But God will bring the truth of this into your heart, into your life. That's what God's about. If you want to know the truth and who's speaking to you, it's if they're telling you who the Lord Jesus is. He is the Son of the living God. As he saith in another place, thou art a priest forever. Now listen, this is when God introduces the high priesthood part. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That's a new name he has brought into place, the order of Melchizedek. It wasn't the order of Levi. It wasn't the order of Aaron. But now God has brought in a new name here, the order of Melchizedek. So Jesus has been ordained as a great high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is and was then a very special person, and you'll hear of it as we read on. But that was God's order and plan. This priesthood 
was higher than Levi. It was higher than Aaron. It was higher than anything else. But God wanted to associate Yeshua's priesthood in the order of Melchizedek. But at the same time, later on, we get a quote that says that Melchizedek was like the Son of God in his life. Because listen, who in the days of his flesh, that's Jesus, in this priesthood that God bestowed upon him, it says here now, it tells us about Jesus, Yeshua, in his flesh, who in the days of his flesh, that just means in the humanity of his person in the flesh, when he had offered up prayers. Can you understand that, that Jesus went through many times struggling privately? He took himself away privately. Here we're getting a little bit of an indication that he prayed, he strove in prayers before Almighty God in heaven. He thought it was necessary to go and seek his father and to pray. And he prayed to his father on many occasions, which we haven't even been recorded. But we know that he went to the place of prayer privately at times and sought the face of his father in heaven of prayers and supplication. So he supplicated his father so much because he was one man alone, let's face it. No matter about all those people that followed him, he knew he couldn't put his trust in human nature because they would fail him. Even with the best of intentions, even with our best of intentions, we will fail. Like Peter had the greatest of intentions, Lord, though all men deny you, I won't. Jesus said, but Peter, before that cock closed twice, you're going to deny me three times. So we have to be careful. But Jesus, even as God in the flesh, went into that place of prayer. How important must it be for you and I to go into that place of prayer and supplications? And it said, with strong crying, no one has heard or seen or understood this. But Jesus was in that place, pleading with God, seeking God's face as Father, offering up these prayers and supplications. We don't know the details of all that. God has hidden that from us because it's very personal between Jesus and the Father. But if you make it to heaven, and I trust you will, because you put your just your faith in the Lord Jesus, then you may be able to get a revelation greater than of what went on in the life and in the times of Jesus here. I don't know no details of that. Who in the desert's prayers, supplications with strong crying and tears. You know, Jesus shed many tears. He shed many tears. It's been recorded that he shed tears on earth, tears over Jerusalem, tears over at the grave of Lazarus. But here there's many tears being shed in the secret place. What a prayer, what a prayer warrior, what a prayer person is this Savior we have. May God help us to be more like Jesus in our place our private place, our silent place of prayer. And we maybe pray like him, unto him that was God Almighty, his Father. He prayed unto him that was able to save him from death. You know, Jesus was facing, he knew, a death. But not only a death, but a terrible death. That he would take your sins 
and all the sins of the world, all the transgressions, all the trespasses, which went completely against a holy God, everything, every sin of humanity, not the sin of angels, but the sin of men and women and those in this world. And he knew that God was able to save him from that death. But you know something? Every step, every day brought him closer. And he had to carry that cross. He had to carry that cross that the will of God was placed on him. He accepted it before etern before an eternity, before before when he was with God. He accepted that that calling to go and God sent him. But he was a son and he was heard to save him from death. And was heard. God listened to Jesus praying. God listened to him supplicating. God listened to him pleading. And God watched his tears. God did all that when he seen Jesus in that state. And it says he was heard. God opened his ears to him and took note of it. And he was heard in that he feared. You see, Jesus had within everything this great respect and love and commitment to his Father. But at the same time, in his humanity, he was praying, Oh God, help me through this situation. That's what I believe these scriptures are saying. And it says, though he were a son, God heard him. But you know, God never changed the program. God never changed the plan. And here we are. Something hits us, something not seriously, but something hits us, some trial, some purpose, and we feel like giving up. <laughs> what sort of people are we? Jesus never gave up. He was heard, but then, though he were a son, it was not an escape route for Jesus to say, Father, I'm your son. Just let me out of this plan here. He could have said it. He could have wanted the avoidance of it, but he never he never took he never took that on himself. He still submitted himself to his father and his plan in heaven. But though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. You see, I want to tell you something, we'll close on this. That Jesus had to learn in his humanity. I know that God is omniscient and that God came onto Jesus' life in ways that he was omniscient, omnipotent, and all-powerful and expressed that power. But God could not take away the humanity of Jesus and the things that he had to go through as a human person. He was not exempt from human feelings by which he suffered. He learned obedience. Jesus learned the cost of what it was to follow through with God's will. And I want to tell you, brother and sister, every one of you that's listening here today, you all have a plan. God has a plan for each life. And we all have the plan, but we all have to learn in that plan, we have got to encounter things which we don't like, things that happen to us, things that cross our path, 
and we would like to get an escape, but we have to go through. And God says uh, to Paul in his ministry and his life and all that he had accomplished, three times he wanted God to get the devil off his back. He said three times, my grace is sufficient for you. Brothers and sisters, it's not always an easy walk to follow the Lord. It can be a tremendous joyful experience. We can taste heaven at times and we can rejoice in the Lord with such a joy of the Holy Spirit. It's almost unbelievable. It's out of this world. And it is actually out of this world. The joy of the Lord, the comfort of the Lord, the blessings of the Lord. But yet in all of that, we still have clay feet and we have a weakness and a defective nature, sinful human nature, which does not get eradicated. We get the victory and the dominion and the triumph of over our flesh if we surrender ourselves daily. Jesus says, take up your cross daily and follow me. And that's the call. But this is the priesthood. This is the high priest that we have. And I thank God for his word. And I think our time has run out now. So we'll just um, leave it there. And thank God for his presence. Thank God for his help. And thank God for you that are listening. I pray that God bless you. That God will strengthen you. I don't see you. So sir, I'm, walk I'm talking and, and speaking into the air. But I do believe there's people out there listening. And God knows and hears what's happening. And this will be recorded and sent out again. Uh, over the internet, this video. We thank God for it, and we just pray that the Lord would bless Iris. She's been faithful through many years, and she's come to this stage of time and has this radio station, and she needs to be blessed. And I ask you to help her where you can, financially, emotionally, and spiritually. And may God do that for his name's sake, in the light of all that he can tell us and show us and reveal to us as we travel through this world and in this way. We give him all the glory and all the honour and all the thanks to you for listening and all the thanks for Aris to make it possible. We thank God, Jesus, for everything that's happened. Amen. Amen. Well, once again, the time just eludes us, doesn't it? It goes flying by. And it's also interesting. We haven't covered very much, but we've covered a lot. <laughs> oh, my goodness. One, one of the things that really stands out in, in that chapter is going to be that we, uh, you know, as Christians, must render an account, isn't it? And, yeah. you know, this is serious stuff, folks. And I think both you and I feel that, and a lot of other people, too, that the book of Hebrews is probably the best book for everybody <clears throat> right now at this this particular time because it's giving us so much to recap on and it's giving more depth into what we already know as well. So, and I'm glad you've been doing this, Hugh, because I've got such a croaky voice with the hay fever. It just is not giving up this year. <laughs> I just have to be quiet. I bet everybody's pleased. <laughs> what well, they are in our house anyway. You know, but uh, there you go. So thank you for all the work that you've done. And yeah, you've really blessed people. 
Well, guys and girls out there, it's time for us to go, but we will be back, um, God willing, with more of God's word. Have a blessed week. Bye-bye now.